0: Early diagnosis is defined by the World Health Organization as the recognition of symptomatic cancer at an early stage. In patients with breast cancer, early diagnosis has huge potential for improving outcomes for patients. This is the second part of our interview with breast cancer surgeon Dr. Mrs. Beatrice Wiafe-Adai. Keep listening to hear more about community engagement and education, palliative care and also the role of advocates and people who have survived breast cancer. The Global Oncology Podcast is a series of interviews conducted by myself, Dr. Katie Piddock, with experts in the field of global oncology. In addition to being a cancer surgeon, Dr. Mrs. Beatrice Riafe-Adai is also president and founder of Breast Care International, CEO of the Peace and Love Hospitals, chair of the Ghana Cancer Board and chair of the Ghana Non-Communicable Diseases Alliance. If you haven't caught the first part of this interview, when we focused on cancer surgery in low and middle income countries, you can find it on our website, globaloncologypodcast.com. Please do get involved and let us know what you think. You can tweet us at globaloncpod or check out our website where you will find key references with each episode. Welcome to the Global Oncology Podcast. You've said how important early detection of breast cancer is. Can you tell us a bit more about this?
1: Those of us at Breast Care International have been advocating for early detection and prompt action. So we are advising our women, we are educating our women about breast cancer. We are telling them that it's not caused by witchcraft. It's not a spiritual disease, it's a hospital disease and that they should uh, go to the hospital the moment they find any abnormality. We teach the women how they should do their own breast self-examination because about 90% of women who go to the hospital go because they have found something. So it's very important for the woman to know how to check herself and the importance of her checking herself. In the developed world or in some developed countries, uh, breast self-examination is no more important. It's not relevant because they are diagnosing non-palpable lesions. You have the system where women are called for their annual screening mammography, mm-hmm. MRI, said so on. But in our part of the world, we cannot talk about screening mammography yet. So we are talking about breast self-examination, which is important because we are still seeing palpable lesions, sometimes even huge lesions. So if the woman knows how to do her own breast self examination is one of the things that will help us to diagnose mm-hmm. the disease early. We also advocate for clinical breast examination. And this is done by trained health personnel. In low and middle income countries, we have a lot of nurses. And most of the rural communities have nurses at post. So if we want to have an impact, then we should retrain the community-based nurses to be able to do the clinical breast examination and to know when to refer the patient to the treatment centers. Most of the treatment centers are in the cities. So until we will be in a position to provide cancer treatment centers close to the people. The nurses will have to know when to refer patients to the treatment centers. So retraining these are community health nurses, and I am a strong and stubborn advocate for training the community health nurses who have been doing the vaccinations they are already in the communities so it's just a matter of adding a little bit of training and also adding a little bit of incentive for them to do that extra job if you are telling the nurse to do that extra duty without anything it may not be sustainable Mm -hmm. so we should think of giving them the training and adding something so that they will have some some money for transportation. They need to travel to uh, the hinterland to educate and to screen people. Mm. These are measures that we can use to get patients early enough for meaningful treatment. We should also not forget about the youth. All that we are doing now, we are fighting for a better future for the youth, and we cannot do it without them. So the education, and that's something BreastCare International has been doing, to go to the senior high schools, to go to the upper junior high schools, to educate them, to really let them understand that they can do better than their mothers, their grandmothers they should learn about the various cancers. And they sh- they, I am sure that by the time they grow up, they will grow with their knowledge. They will not believe that breast cancer, for example, is caused by witchcraft. And it will help them to get a better future for themselves and for our nations. We've started what we call the Young Ambassadors. So we've trained some senior high school uh, ladies on how to um, educate their peers, their mothers, their grandmothers about breast cancer, how to examine themselves. And they've started the girls' clubs in their schools. So that was a pilot project which was uh, initiated by AstraZeneca. We are waiting for uh, the grant to do a bigger project because this we trained only 50 girls and 10 teachers. We need to send them to the other schools, and this was from only 10 schools. Ghana alone, we have more than 600 senior high schools. So if we did 10, It's just the tip of the iceberg. We still need to do a lot. So other organizations, corporate body, other pharmaceutical companies, even AstraZeneca, who started it, should come so we continue and train more of these because that's the way we can actually get the children themselves, the youth themselves, into the picture and getting them interested in oncology. I'm so happy to see you a young lady, a young doctor taking this up like that. Your free time. You could be going to the movie (laughs) or you know, following (laughs) friends or you know, doing other things. No. It's true. You know, but you decided to pick this up and in your small way you are doing big things. If more people will look at such avenues also do their bit, it will help us all. It will make the journey less stressful, and it will actually help us to conquer oncology better. Mm -hmm. Those of us in the low and middle income countries are facing a lot of challenges. We have a lot of opposition from the herbal felt, or herbal traditional and religious areas. So you find a lot of people targeting the orthodox way of doing things. They are even advising uh, women especially not to go for chemotherapy, not to go to any hospital they should depend on the, the leaves and the herbs for treatment. But hey, a lot of those women end up in the hospitals with stage four disease when you cannot do much for them. So, and regulating them is so difficult. The checks and balances are weak. The systems to use to actually uh, make sure that people do not go overboard, people do not, uh, you know, take the loss into their hands, are not that strong. So people can take advantage of situations. And that is why you find a lot of uh, women applying herbs to their breasts when the breast starts getting bigger and bigger until it ulcerates. You find the women in the prayer camps, praying for miracles for months, and they are still praying. And they believe in the supernatural uh, powers. We are all believers. We are all religious people. But I am sure God has given doctors the knowledge to be able to uh, help in situations like this. So I always tell our women that let your pastor pray for you so that the medication that is being used in the hospital will work for you. But don't spend all the time in the prayer house because when it's late, when you have lung metastasis and you are not able to breathe, they will rush you to the hospital. And at that time, if you are not fast enough to drain the fluid that has accumulated in your chest, it means that's the end. When you are you have paralysis, when you are not able to walk because you have uh, metastasis to your spine and that you are not able to stand on your feet, they will send you to the hospital. When your tummy starts getting big and you have liver metastasis, it means they can't help you there and they will send you to the hospital so why don't you go to the hospital early it's very unfortunate that our people so a lot of our people are not educated and so they cannot read nor write. they only have they only listen to what is said on radio or on TV there's also those who are educated, but they are not knowledgeable when it comes to cancer. They don't have any idea. So they also fall prey to those things. So we are, we are doing the education that we, we are doing uh, at Breast Care International, we are doing it not only for our population, not only for the women in the communities but to our health care personnel. So training the nurses, training the physician assistants, training the doctors, for them to also know their role in this oncology care, this whole big thing we call global oncology. And we are happy to be a part of this. And I'm sure that the future will be better. There is some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, That type of person, I don't give up easily. And I know that women are going to be victorious.
0: Can I ask a bit more about your work with patients who have achieved long-term survival after breast cancer?
1: The breast cancer survivors we have in Ghana is the largest one, we call them the PALSAR group, the largest in Africa. It was difficult to get just one woman to come out and say I'm a breast cancer survivor. The stigma surrounding breast cancer in Africa is huge. And so we had to start, you know, slowly. And when we realized that majority of the people were coming late to the Peace and Love Hospitals were people who had gone to other health facilities and ran away because they offered them mastectomy. We decided to look out for our breast cancer patients who have survived it. Those who either had undergone mastectomy or those who had uh, breast-conserving surgeries. So we called them, one after the other, and we inaugurated them. And we told them that you have a huge responsibility. You are the face and the mirror of breast cancer in Ghana. A lot of women depend on you to come out of their shells, because they are scared. They are at home thinking that they are going to die. But if they see you, And hear your stories it's going to encourage them give them the hope they need and come out and go to hospital so as if it was magic we started gathering and slowly slowly as we speak now we have more than 800 women in the database some are so shy to come out but there are some who have come out. They are showing their prosthesis, and we use the external prosthesis, because you can't think of uh, reconstruction now, even though you can have it, but it's very expensive. So we give them the artificial breast for them to use. And so they show the prosthesis. Some have come out showing their scar, and, it has given some women the hope, and every year we do the BCI Ghana Walk for the Cure, and that's the time we create huge awareness about breast cancer. We that's the time we showcase survivorship, and these survivors are out there with us on our awareness creation campaign. So they talk about their experiences, they share their stories, and. Uh, The Peace and Love Hospital has employed some breast cancer survivors. So when we diagnose a patient, the survivors pick her up and they navigate them through their treatment journeys. They are the shoulders they will be crying onto until they also become survivors. So the survivorship is a huge thing. But again, they don't have any support. They also need to uh, manage their uh, post-treatment rehabilitation. They have to get themselves back to work. They have to start their trade, which maybe they lost during treatment. Some have their husbands leaving, and so they have to take care of their children themselves. There are a lot of single mothers among them. So we need to also look at the survivorship in the group and what we can do to help them, so that they can have the free mind to help others. So those who are listening to me and feel they want to help the survivors, or if you are in a a survivor um, association or some social support group, and you reach out to us, we'll be so thankful, because we still need to be helping them, the single mothers and those who have nothing we need to give them something. We need to help them to, you know, start some trade or something. And also when they run into metastasis, we should be there to help them, to give them palliative care. Sometimes they don't have any money, and so we need to give them, get their medications for them, give them money for transportation, keep them in the hospital. When we don't have a palliative care, center. So I know now the drive is towards palliation. There are huge palliative care associations in the high-income countries. Your sisters back in the low-income countries like Ghana, we are inviting you. Come and help us. Come and help Breast Care International and the Peace and Love Hospital. We have learned to develop into good cozy palliative care no somehow cozy for them to have a comfortable life and so that they will not worry so much even when it's the last days.
0: How does your work with breast cancer in
1: communities fit in with other non-communicable diseases? At Brisk International we are using the breast cancer platform to educate people about other cancers and the other non-communicable diseases. So we don't only talk about breast cancer, we educate them about cervical cancer, we educate them about prostate cancer, and when it comes to screening, we screen for breast cancer and we screen for hypertension and diabetes. So you you go to a church or you go to a community, you go to the market, you are ready with this like plate of yeah. good <laughs> things about health to the women. And these are things that we started doing. We wanted to spread to all the regions of Ghana and also advise our sister countries in the West Africa region to also emulate and we are ready to help them train their nurses and also start such exercises because they are a sure way to get our women to the right places at the right time.
0: And do you look after patients with non-malignant illnesses at Peace and Love Hospitals?
1: We also uh, my uncle, who was living in UK and was um, working in a dialysis unit, when he retired and came home, he forced me to open a dialysis unit in the Peace and Love Hospital. So eventually I, um, we traveled to Kenya, we traveled to South Africa to go and study dialysis units in private facilities. So we have a nice dialysis unit catering for acute and chronic kidney failures. We also have a physician specialists who handle the hypertension, diabetes, and the other medical conditions. So as we speak now, we have about 12 doctors who work with me. We have some radiologists who are not on permanent because we have a CT scan unit. We have mammography. We have the scan unit. So it's a nice, cozy place to be. And when patients come, they don't even want to go home because it's comfortable. We <laughs> <laughs> have a nice canteen which caters for the patients and relatives. And um, it's a nice place to be. A nice, nice experience. I'm inviting you to come. Our doors are always open. We are also interested in research because we need to do a lot of research to even find out why we have a lot of triple negative disease. Why are diseases striking earlier? Why is breast cancer so aggressive among the African population? And we need to look at all this to be able to look for the targeted treatment that is now the modern way of doing things. So please, the research community, I'm inviting you. Volunteer organizations, we always need you. Come and help us. That's where we have work. Come and work with us. And let us help make this world a better place to live in.
0: Thank you. I mean, just so many points that you covered there. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. So, from a practical point of view, if there's somebody at home and they want to be involved with Breast Care International, you know, whatever sector they're coming from, what's the way that they can do that?
1: Thank you. We have a website. You can also Google my name, Dr. Beatrice Riafiadai, and you have all the information about Breast Care International and the Peace and Love Hospitals. And so you can send any information, and we will reach out to you. I'm inviting you all to come and help us, to help our women, especially in Africa. I thank you. Breast
0: Care International have a new website, bciamerica.org. So have a look, get in touch, and please donate. If you're new to the podcast, have a listen to our previous episodes exploring the field of global oncology, including paediatrics, radiation oncology, and plenty about how you can get involved. You can follow us on Twitter at Global OncPod, or check out our website, globaloncologypodcast.com, where we also share key references with each episode. I've been your host, Dr. Katie Piddock, and you've been listening to the Global Oncology Podcast.